My name is Sean Thomas, and I'm the author of Be More Today, a 40-day guide to a better version of you. As doctor of physical therapy, I've seen thousands of people do great things. They came to me with ailments, physical ailments, pain, issues, and they got through them, all because they decided in their mind they were going to do it. So I wrote a book about it. Your thoughts can make you great, or they can make you crumble. Those thoughts actually control everything in your life. I have three things I want you to do. Starts. Things I want you to start doing in your life that you said you wanted to do at some point in time. You said them. Stops. Things I want you to stop doing in your life, which I know you also want to stop. And three goals for your lives. And I take you through a 40-day guide to make sure you take those thoughts for those three things into reality. Now, I put some workouts in there too. Workouts to keep you always on the move because you got to keep moving. you got to stay focused. So, 40 days. Thoughts, workouts, you. And all I want you to do is trust the process and just be persistent. Visit BeMoreTodayBook.com. That's right, BeMoreTodayBook.com. And I guarantee you, if you just trust the process and be persistent, you too can be the best version of you. What's going on, folks? Your boy again, Dr. Sean Thomas here, back in the building. Be more today's show. We're back. We're back. Episode 102. Believe it or not, we are moving and grooving. And folks, it's been an honor and a pleasure just bringing, again, great people on the show, showing you how to be great, how to be more, how to be better in various walks of life. As you already know, Be More Today is a movement. We've been pushing and grooving uh, on our Strava page, on our Be More Today page, bemoretoday.com for my book, our podcast, our more merch store. Go out there and grab your your things while you can. They are on there, your visors, your water bottles, your t-shirts, of course, your gators. And as always, the show continues to grow. 63 countries, 27,000 downloads. Thank you so much for your love and support. It, as always, does not go unnoticed. My quote for today is simple. As always, be stronger than your excuses today. You cannot learn if you're not willing to learn. And the whole point of that is simple, right? We have to be in a place where we're not having excuses. It's very, very easy to say, you know what? I'm not going to do that today or I'm not going to try to be better today or I don't have to practice my craft today because there are so many things that get in the way, distractions, fatigue, uh, just the, the challenges of life get in the way of us trying to be better at whatever we're doing, whether it's a sport that we're trying to play or our actual job, just being better people in general. But you can't learn if you're not willing to learn. Each of us can learn how to do something better. We need sometimes coaching. We need sometimes more reading, more research, more training. But we can get better at whatever we're trying to do if we take that time to put the work into it. And my guest on the show today is the embodiment of that. He's someone who uh, I played basketball against back in the day in grad school. He has been a pillar in his community now uh, as a basketball coach and teacher, uh, trying to inspire the next generation of people coming up to take uh, sports seriously and to apply the goals that they apply to life uh, and to sports together, because those two things are parallel. And his name is Clint Hardware. Now, Clint runs a basketball clinic called Hard to Guard Basketball. Uh, it's the hashtag or the name that he used when I was playing him in grad school. And I saw him on Instagram with a couple of different camps going on. I said, I have to have him on the show today. So, folks, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pets included, please welcome to the stage my boy, 
and the man with the master handles, my boy, <laughs> Clint Hartware. Clint, what is going on? How you doing today, young man? Brody, I am good. It's been a minute. I haven't seen you probably since you played basketball together when I was going to school at Downstate. And uh, oh, you were on a team called Old School Ballers. And, yep, old school ballers. And I was on I was on two teams. We had a P team team called Watch the Throne. We had one called Gravity Eliminated. And uh, uh-huh. we I remember you we used to we used to battle. We used to play ball on Friday. Yeah. We used to yeah, play ball yeah. during the competition. And um mm-hmm. you were a beast. I mean, I remember I was trying. No, no, you weren't trying. Let's, let's, let's just keep it real. <laughs> you were you were incredible. Uh handles, shooting, all that. I mean, it got to a point where you know, this is before Steph Curry even came into the league, and you were shooting threes like way beyond the regular. <laughs> was like, yo, who is this cat taking these three point shots all over the place and making them? And it was you. And um, you know, it was just fun playing ball with you. You guys won, we won, whoever everybody won, but it was great just being in that environment. It was a fun environment as I was playing ball after work, whatever else, and just kind of vibing. And I remember you actually gave me a shirt. You gave me one of your Ooh. shirts, one of your Harley Guard shirts. And I actually wore that shirt uh, for various games at Downstate. And then even after that, I played for other leagues. And people always question, oh, where's that shirt from? And I and I referenced you because, um, okay. you know, you were someone who I really just saw as someone who really loved the game. And mm-hmm. you weren't cocky about it. You weren't like uh, rash, rash about it. You were just someone who just played the game and loved it and loved this competition and just loved People coming together when the game was over, whether you won or lost, you know, no one knew that you were this rock star, you know, on the court. <laughs> and I just really loved and appreciated about you. So when I saw your post on Instagram about your clinic, I said, I got to have this guy on the show so he can just share with others what he's doing for his community. So thank you so much for making time today to be on the show. I appreciate being on your show. Yes, sir. So, yeah, listen, I need to know the background because most oh, cats, when we go to, the gym you don't know who's who who played basketball in high school college whatever so did you play ball growing up what was that like and 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 where are your roots well i i started playing basketball like you know in, in my school i should say like you know uh, i was decent I was, I was let me not say decent i was all right because i was like a standout in my class so in junior high school a coach came to my my school to have tryouts and i uh tried out and I made the team. So about sixth grade, I was like, you know, playing with eighth graders. I was I was fairly good for not being coached by anybody yet. So by that time, um, the coach disappeared when I got into seventh grade and came back in eighth grade. So by that time, they was calling me not for nothing, Air Jordan. You know, I was I was pretty good. Everybody knew who I was basketball wise. I was playing against high school guys, or high school guys know of me in my neighborhood but most of the things i learned was in the park because i go to the park and it was like a hundred people in the park and and a hundred good people and all of you to stay on the court you had to be good yourself so not only did i mimic people that was older than me that was good i also learned from coaches by the time i was in eighth grade so now the parks are abandoned you don't see kids out there playing full court games anymore when i was young Full court. We waited until ten people came in the park to play. We didn't play three on three unless we, it was a real slow day. But we automatically knew when we got in that court. It was a full court. So uh, through high, I went to high school. Went to South Shore High School. 
I played on JV my first year because I was really small. By the time I got to 10th grade, I was varsity from 10th to 12th. And I was starting maybe my 11th grade. And uh, my name was, uh, I was playing all over the city, you know. I uh, was on a team. I was like a guy on my team, the guy on my team. I played basketball seven days a week. Matter of fact, when I was in eighth grade, my schedule was I left school. I stayed in school for a junior high school basketball practice. After I left junior high school, I went to a park practice. After the park practice, I went to Nazareth High School for practice. After Nazareth High School practice, I went to Tilden High School for practice. And then went back home. I don't know how I graduated eighth grade because <laughs> I went to basketball. I went to like four practices after school. But I came home, I guess, did homework. I guess it was too long ago, so, I, you know, did homework. By the time I got to high school, the routine was basketball, basketball, basketball. So I went to South Shore High School, played four years of basketball there. Then after that, uh, I went to Essex County. I played two years there. And then I, after that, I just I, for some reason, playing wasn't, like, I wasn't so excited about playing. I was more excited about uh, teaching and helping. I had a friend that played overseas in Spain that I used to help out a lot, you know, training, you know, he played, he played probably like 20 years in Spain, uh, 16 years in Spain, another four in Argentina. I used to go there all the time and, you know, help pass the ball, help more drills and watch the games. You know, I had a little cousin that went to Providence University, started on Providence University. I used to help him also. He played a couple of years overseas as well. Now he's in uh, California doing uh, basketball, just like I, I was doing. So I've always loved basketball, always helped basketball. Even when I was a point guard, a kid, younger kids, older kids used to come ask me for questions. How do I do this? What do I do about this? So I'm always knowledgeable in the game. I'm more technical, you know, than just going out there and play. I watch techniques and stuff like that. Amazing. I would have never known any of that, right? Just by watching yeah. you on the court and seeing what you were doing. And, you know, I'm curious, just listening to you talk about the – the history of being so ingrained in, in, in basketball at such a young age, it sounds like at some point in time you, you not that you were worn out, but that you had just had your fill of basketball for such a long time, every day, all day. Do you think that if you had not started so young, you may have played or wanted to play as you got older, or do you just have more of a knack for and a passion for coaching others? No, I think one primary reason, because uh, when I started to get older, I started to play against the same players all the time. And um, the same players, they wasn't as good. And they used to lead into arguments. And I got kind of frustrated with this running up and down and arguing every two seconds after that. So I was just like, you know what, man, I'm tired of this. If I would have probably stayed away, maybe, because a lot of coaches always told me that I should have played some type of pro ball. Not because I'm the skill-wise, just the knowledge-wise. Uh, coaches would appreciate a person like me on a team. You know, I could play in the park, you know, run up and down, but coaches would love a player like me because I, I was I was the second coach. I was more of a, um, what's his name, Chris Paul, before Chris Paul. You know, so that knowledge is key. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, now you, you've kind of segued into teaching others, right? You have your basketball mm-hmm. camp. Tell yeah. us more about this, this camp that you've been running or the clinic you've been running and how you – are giving back to your community at this time? Well, like I said, I was teaching kids 
I've been teaching kids basketball since I was a kid. Like, literally, when I was in eighth grade, sixth grade, she used to come and ask me, how you do this, how you do this? This coach is not a coach high school that they could tell you. When I was a kid, they used to come and ask me to help them out when they was basketball players. So I was a kid teaching kids. So now that I was working nine to five, I actually read a book. And the book was about a guy that went to school to be a lawyer, was painting at, at, at school rooms, he ended up opening up a paint shop when he graduated law school. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the book, he just said, do something that you love and don't watch how much money you make. So I was thinking, what do I love? And that was basketball. So I started writing flyers, writing on a piece of paper <laughs> and copying and making flyers and posting on walls and on car, putting on cars and stuff like that. And I started to get one call, two calls, three calls. I was in the park. Uh, I had one player. I ended up being in the gym. I had five players. I had 10 players, and it just grew after that. But it didn't happen in one year. It took a while. It took, a, you know, maybe five, six, seven years. But in between that, uh, I I was coaching at uh, a CYO, a St. Vincent, a CYO team. I also uh, was co- uh, assistant coach at BMCC. Um, so I was always out there trying to uh, – coach or do something coach my thing wasn't coaching because i didn't like coaching because coaching me at the time was old guys old fat guys that was about how i saw it that was old and i was too young i was like i don't want to be called no coach i'd rather be called somebody that's helping you out training you know so i didn't really appreciate the word coach what happened was i was outside of some friends and i'm meeting kids they was like coach coach what i used to be embarrassed literally and they were like yo clint we hear we hear the coach don't think we don't hear it then I just embraced it after a while. It was too much. You know, you, you got to embrace it. Got to embrace it. So, you know, I realized these kids, they appreciate me. A lot of them appreciate me. Sometimes their parents can't talk to them. Their parents ask me to speak to them sometimes. Mm. So, you know, I've been I've been doing it for a long time. Long, yeah. long time. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. I think the connection, thinking about the coaches I've had in my life has always been a special one, whether they've been male or mm-hmm. female, just it's a person in your life that becomes a, a, a family figure, a mom, father figure, whatever. Yeah. And that person mm-hmm. becomes your confidant that becomes your, your everything. You just talk more about sports and life with that person. You spend so much time with them on the court, off the court, talking about certain things. And you don't want to let that person down. You want to impress that person. Yeah. You want them to yeah. be proud yeah. of you. So mm-hmm. you're doing that now for these uh, young people and it's it's really inspiring seeing someone take their time out to uh, educate and uplift the youth of today or next generation so you know I, I salute you on that I, I give you kudos for that and you know I'm curious where you guys practice um, you know what days you have clinic who can join um, I mean you're a Brooklyn guy I'm guessing right you're from Brooklyn yes, yes, yes. well for the last maybe six years I've been, I run I run the uh, aviator sports is in Brooklyn by uh, Floyd Benefield I run the basketball program there, but also I rent out the gym myself and run my personal program because that's what I was doing before I ran the program there. I ran my old personal programs. Now I just rent out the gym and they're, you know, running my practices or my in-house I got right now where kids come, they sign up. I sign up to teams and we play. It's like, like remember I said, I used to go to the park and play full courts. Now I run my own program where kids come to the gym and they play full court. So it's organized. I have a ref. I have the clock. I give out trophies at the end. And kids laugh and joke. And the best thing about it is not the basketball for me. It's when, like, a couple things. 
two years later, there's parents that meet each other inside my gym are friends. Or the kids are best friends. I, I, I follow them on Instagram. I see, you know, friends. The other day, a parent was kind of bothered by, uh, bothered. It's like, my son is too small to play in your group. Uh, can I get my money back? I'm, you know, I'm sorry, but he's too small. I said, okay, just call me tomorrow. She called me late that day and said, you know what? I'm going to stay in your class. I, my, I told my sister what happened. And she told me you taught her son. And she told me how good you were. And I'm going to stay in your class. So, mm. you know, she she thought she, she thought her son wasn't good enough. But I guess her sister, that I don't know who her sister is. That, you know, But her sister convinced her, listen, that guy is a big guy. He's gonna take care of your son. Stay. And since then, every time she sees me, she's like, "I'm happy I stayed." Mm. Mm. Yeah, so we're that's why. That's why I'm like, yes, yes, you know, and that's why I like because all the time I hear, "Oh, you know such and such." I'm like, "Yes, I, I know a little bit of people, you know." So my my name is great. So you know, and it's gonna stay great. Yeah, I love it. You know, I I don't work too far from aviators so i know about it i played ball there a couple of times myself and okay. it's a great facility and the fact that you're running the whole program there is awesome i mean that is a mm-hmm. great space um yeah. just for young people to play in and it's, yes. it's clean yeah. it's, it's respectable it's exciting mm-hmm. um and the fact that you're there as a person of color running that program is is, is to me a, a big deal um it's a big deal i think it's a big deal so i'm proud of you for that and you know i'm curious now you you, you put yourself out there you work with the community um, what are the ages of the people that you're you're coaching right now? Uh, the program five years old to up to maybe sixteen. Okay, okay. But you know, I have worked with older, but the program that I run there is from five to sixteen. Got it. So, just asking you, you know, I'm curious if you 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 play against other people, and you even said you play mm-hmm. with people your age and older, and now with younger mm-hmm. people as well. Mm-hmm. What's your preference? Because there are different levels to um coaching and and being able to teach someone something right as, as we grow up we we hit these different landmarks where we're mm-hmm. a little more malleable to take mm-hmm. instruction from someone but as we get older sometimes we think we know everything so mm-hmm. you know do you have a preference for teaching the the demographic you're with now or you know if you have your choice would you teach people who uh, are in high school choice, or college uh my choice would be to be honest with you from nine to twelve like from the oh yeah, nine to twelve. I used to I used to coach uh, a CYO team in Saint Bernard's. I used to coach Saint Vincent that prepared me when I coached Saint Bernard. And uh, those kids started started with them in fifth grade to eighth grade. And I had a great set of kids, and they listened. Um, all the kids is cool too. You know, they they sometimes they think they know a little bit too much than they're supposed to. The younger kids are, are great too, but the only thing about younger kids is that they a little immature. You know, the five to seven, eight years old, they immature, but they listen though. But when you get that group like in between, that's when they lock in and want to play basketball. You know, they lock in, want to play. They have an idea that they want to play. They don't love it yet, but they like it a lot. Yeah. So when they start to get better at that age, nine, 10, 11, then they start loving the game. Yeah, and they don't got nothing else to do but play basketball, you know, or video games. But when they hooked on basketball, then you know, that's when I could mold and you know they listen more. Yeah. So I like that age group. Yeah. Now you know I I kind of like you have used sports and played a variety of sports for a number of years. 
But I do think there's a clear correlation between people who do sports in general and then people who use those same lessons from sports to apply it to either school or their life or their work, their jobs. Your role is a big one because now you're mentoring, mm. right? You're teaching and mentoring this demographic. Mm. Um, what are some of the life lessons that you think you're able to share with some of the students that you've been working with for the last couple of years? Um, I would tell them, do what makes you happy. Because uh, I remember when I was in high school and we played against Stephon Marbury. I always remember this. Uh, like the morning before, I had a friend. And this friend was like, oh, Stephon Marbury is coming to school today. I bet you everybody's going to just love him and jump all over him. And I was one of them guys, like, I'm not going to do that. You crazy? I'm not going to do that. I didn't even know who Stephon Marbury was at the time, you know? So uh, at the end of the game, Stephon Marbury looked at me and said, yo, you could play. I like your game. You could play. And I always regret not going up to him and saying, oh, for real? What's up? I could come practice with you all. And I wanted to do that, but I did it because of my friend. I didn't want him to say, oh, you were sweating. Mm -hmm. Stephon Marbury, you know, you, you know, better. that's the better way of saying it. So I regret that. So I would tell kids, listen, don't listen to your friends. Do what makes you happy. Because at the end of the day, that same, I think about now, that same friend that Stephen Murray would have said, yo, come, I practice on Mondays here. He would have said, oh, you lucky. You practice with Steph? You know, you lucky. It would have made me better as a person. If Steph would have said no, I would have bumped into him again and said, okay, cool. If you, matter of fact, if he would have said no, I know next time I saw him play against him, I would have been a lot better because I would have wanted to show him, yo, listen, I, I could I could wash your ass. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I know, I know how I was. You know what I'm saying? Even though he was older, I know how I was. At that time, I didn't think nobody was better than me. I walked in every game thinking I was going to win. You know, so that's how my mentality was. Yeah. So either or, I would have been a winner. Yeah. Where does that come from for you? Because I know a lot of people have inspiration from family members. Um, sometimes it's because... They want to prove something to somebody else. Sometimes it's just ingrained in them because their parents were that way. And for some, it's just, you know, we talk about mom mentality on the show a lot. It's just just in them. It's the drive. What what drives you or what drove you at that time to just want to be the best at playing this sport? Um, not getting teased. Uh, I was I was one of the shortest kids in my class. So I had to prove I was better and bigger than everybody else in, in that way because if I wasn't I was shortest but I always got picked first in basketball so I had to be better than not like a little bit better <laughs> I had to be a lot better than you I was the shortest I remember going into high school one of these kids was like oh you're not gonna make the team too short that kid same kid that ended the you know in the trials he's like yo I'm on your team mm. you know so so um I had to be that good because I was that small, mm. you know? So, you know, it's just that. I just didn't want to be embarrassed. I, I, you know, back then, it's not like now. Kids would make you cry, you know? So you had to step up 10 times to even show that you, you're the man. You know right. what I'm saying? So I, I yeah. tried. I tried my best. Yeah. And you... I had a little name, too. What was that? I mean, I had a little name. Like, you know, my name kind of rung bells in my neighborhood in my oh, okay. school, you know? Yeah. So I had to keep the name. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear that. Name is everything. Yeah. Legacy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely right. <laughs> absolutely right. 
So, you know, I think you and I grew up in, in some of the, the same time frame, right? I think the, yeah. the youth today are a little different and you could probably talk mm-hmm. about this more because you work with them on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people talk about the youth today being soft. Some people talk about the game of basketball today even being different and the mm-hmm. game of basketball being soft compared to, you know, players in the 80s and 90s and even 70s. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts as a coach as you're you're bringing up this next generation of players, thinking about how you play, you know, against Steph and other people during that time, mm-hmm. and now seeing how the game of basketball, even the rules of basketball, have been changing, uh, and the game has been changing. Um, what are your thoughts and how you're coaching now this next generation of players and terms of how to be mentally tough, physically tough, and how to really play the game to the highest at the highest level? Well, the kids now, you know, uh, they rely on this three-point shot all the time. You know, uh, they they step back for a three-pointer when they have a layup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I keep telling them, you know, you could take ten three-pointers and hit one, or you could take ten layups and hit nine. You know, which one is more? Uh, another thing is that not a lot of them is all good. You might have a handful that's good. When I grew up, like, if it was 20 people in the park, 19 was really good. Mm. And the 18 one was was good as well. It's not like he was a scrum, but he just wasn't as good as the, the, the other players. Now, these kids are more uh, into video games, into dressing cool. I remember, I, you know, I, I went everywhere in my basketball shorts. Mm-hmm. And not just me. My other people, they went everywhere in their basketball shorts. Just in case you had to go to the park. Not only if we had to wear jeans, we wore our basketball shorts underneath our jeans. Mm-hmm. So just in case we went to the, we could just take off our pants and play ball. You know, so we was always prepared. Now uh, these kids, they you know, they just they just because my mother told me play basketball. My father told me play basketball. They not a lot of them not doing it because they want to play basketball. Mm. So you got to force them to practice. Mm. You gotta force them. Literally, this kids oh, that's nice and could play. You know, they don't know they could play. I see it in them they could play. And um and they refuse to put the energy in. I'll tell you one story. I was in uh this we used to call this gym called Hoopland. It's in Brooklyn on Glenwood Road. My friend used to manage it. And um there was a player, he was in high school, probably tenth grade, never saw in my life. He's about six three, six four at the time. And he picked up the ball and he dribbled it one time. And I bumped my friend. I said, yo, who's that? He's like, I was like, he's like, why? I said, yo, that kid is nice. And he said, how you know? I said, I know he's nice. He said, he just dribbled it one time. I said, I know he's nice, though. And he said, that's crazy because they'd say he's going to go to the NBA. I said, really? They said, yeah. I said, yo, I believe it. He said, but you have his own play. It was Lance Stevenson. Right, so my friend always tells me about yo. Remember when you saw Lance and you just knew he could play? Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I got an eye for certain things, you know. So I just saw the way how he dribbled it. I guess the confidence in the one dribble, I guess. I thought he was nice. Just like you know, I, this is young late girl. She's eleven, and I showed her how to do layups. And uh, I have a hoop in my backyard. So while I was at work, she came to my house. You know, my mother was there, and she, my mother said, go in the backyard, and she went in the backyard, and she started practicing what I showed her. And it looked like she played basketball before I showed her that. And I kept telling her, listen, we need to work We need to work on our basketball. And she's like, ah, 
Uh, it's too mm-hmm. too much work. Mm-hmm. Too much work. I'm like, damn, I wish she loved it. Because I kid you not, in a year, she could be really good. Mm-hmm. Really good. Mm-hmm. You know? And, I, and there's a lot of kids out there that could be really good. Because remember, there's people that play ball and there's ball players. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the people that play ball is better than the ball players. But the people don't have that play ball is discipline. Mm-hmm. They don't want to practice. They don't want to work out on certain things. They don't want to go uh, do certain things that you have to do to play basketball. So I keep telling people, you, you play, you play ball, or you can play. But you're not a ball player, right? You're not a ball player, right? You know, ball players is different than people that play ball. Yeah, yeah, you know that's what I'm true. It's true. It's true. That's real talk, and I, I think that's. It's it's somewhat discouraging because you have a lot of people who have the skill, have the talent, but like you said, not disciplined enough to really put that work in. Yeah, yes, yes. And yes, then you yes. got cats who love the game and work so hard and they can get pretty good, but they're not gonna be a Lance. They're just not gonna yeah. they don't have that talent, they don't have that skill set. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. You know, you look at the NBA and like you said, everybody in the NBA is, I mean, pretty nice. good, clearly all, all they're the there. <laughs> American, he's not in NBA. Not is he in NBA now? No, not right. He, you see exactly. He's still a young. He's still a young guy. So yeah, there's a lot of people that could play. I know personally, growing up, I thought should have been in the NBA, and they wasn't in there because of discipline. Right. Right. You know? Yeah, it's a crazy even, even, even my friend. Uh, he he's undersized for his what he do, but he works hard. He worked really hard to, to play overseas professionally, but maybe 20 something years, he worked really hard for it. And um he can't jump higher than a lot of kids, you know. Mm. But yeah, he does he does he was the number one rebounder in the nation uh when he was in college. Mm. He worked really hard to stay where he's at. And his players that he played with in the summer that play overseas, but they don't make as much money as him. They don't they don't uh, play at the same level as him because he's playing against NBA players that's overseas. Mm-hmm. Even though he may make the league, but mm-hmm. you know he worked hard for it. Those other players, they basketball players, but they just um, I'm nice already. I can stop. Right. Yeah, you know? and I mean that that that's real talk. When you know that you're you're good enough to get to a certain level, why push any more than that? Yeah, um, and I, I don't know. I mean, my, the whole premise of the show is to really look at people being more and trying to strive for greatness. But I do think some people kind of coast, and that's yeah. with sports, that's with jobs, that's with relationships. Yeah, yeah. And you get to a yeah. point where you just kind of say, you know what, I'm good. I'm getting my paycheck. I'm cruising. Things we're comfortable, whatever. But my not... paid. I can sit on the couch and drink a beer, watch TV for the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and I, you know, I just. Just in talking to you now, you know, it, it sounds like and it seems like that was never that was never you. Like your your no. whole thing was let no. me just keep pushing, let me keep striving. No. If I'm not playing, let me let me teach someone else how to play. Let me just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And that's me too. Um, so you know, I I, I I connect with you on that because I think it's, it's easy for us to coast. It stresses you out, it depresses you sometimes because you got the world and you feel like, damn, I want Mars, I don't got Mars. You know, so you get, I get bothered by it sometimes because, you know, I do a lot in my days and um, you always want more and you don't appreciate what you got sometimes because you're just like, oh, that's behind me. I got that already. Yeah. Some people don't have it. Some people don't have it. You know, some people look at me and think I got it all. I'm like, I got it all. But what makes me, what makes me, you know, 
what makes me happy is when a kid comes to me and say, yo, you know, I appreciate you or show the appreciation. The craziest thing that bugged me out the first time ever, and I don't, it's the truth. So, you know, I was in practice. I, my last day of practice, my clinic day, and I was taking pictures with the kids. And a white kid, a young white kid started crying. He was kind of like eight or nine. Started crying. His father came up to me. And I was like, hey, okay. He said, yeah, he just wanted to take a picture with you. That's why he's crying. He didn't get to take a picture. So we took the picture. Then he started smiling. That right there was crazy to me. Because not only did a kid want to take a picture of me like I'm a star, mm-hmm. he was white. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I didn't grow up like that. You know what I'm saying? So it mm-hmm. was shocking to me. Because I work in a, uh, I work in an area where I get white, black, all type of people. And I also hear all type of things as well when they think I'm not listening. Mm-hmm. So to see their kids appreciate me mm-hmm. as a black guy, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. More than they thought it would happen. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy and funny and like, you know, just weird sometimes, but a good weird, a good weird. Yeah, no, it's huge. I mean, it, yeah. it's, it just shows that I've always said this sports is that common denominator that breaks down everything. Yeah, it yeah. breaks down all the sports lines. And, and music. Plus and music. music. Yep, exactly. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes, it yes. breaks down all the color lines, all the gender lines. It's mm-hmm. an equalizer. And, yes. you know, when it's as beautifully done, like the way you're doing it, everybody wins. Yeah. Everybody wins. Um, you know, I have a seven year old daughter and, uh, she she's getting into running now and I'm trying to see what she likes in terms of sports and whatever else. So we shoot in the backyard every now and then, and she's got a nice little shot, but, um, you know, I'm curious if, if two questions, if you do coach, um, it sounds like you do coach females mm-hmm. as well, girls, right. Yes, 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 okay. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I'm curious, just looking at the, um, the way that your, your program is run, you know, mm-hmm. based in Brooklyn, um, but also playing an aviator, a lot mm-hmm. of things that we look at now in terms of what youth are doing, like you said, a lot of them are, play, are playing games, video games, and there's not a lot of activities for them to do or be engaged in. And mm-hmm. as a result, a lot of things are happening in terms of our communities in terms of um, violence rates increasing, um, just kids just not having things to do, right? Mm-hmm. Having to be idle. But you're giving them an outlet to do things in a constructive way. Um, yeah. Do you feel like, you want to expand this to be bigger than it is? And what's the future now for Heart to Guard basketball and the clinic that you're doing? Listen, um, I always want to expand. I've been getting bigger every year, whether the number is 10, 100, or 1. Always getting bigger, you know? Um, parents uh, appreciate me. The only thing that's holding me down a little bit is that I got 9 to 5. So I got to work my nine to five and then go work my basketball program after on the weekend. So I work seven days a week. Sometimes I work, you know, I remember when I worked at AV, AV, I mean, I still work at AV, but I used to be night manager as well. So I used to be night manager, coach at a school. So I left my nine to five, did some time, some one-on-one practices with kids in the park or whatever. Then I go to my coaching practice at St. Bernard. Then I go to AV afterwards to do my coaching there too, as well as be night manager. Mm. And then come home at night to go back to my nine to five in the morning. Mm. And then weekends, I did the random clinics at AV. And then I went to go coast games for my CYO team on the weekends. So the problem with that, as I said, as a guy, there was no dates. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so I used to miss out on a lot of uh, 
uh, opposite sex company to go out on dates. Mm-hmm. But um, that's the sacrifice you take. Even though some of the sacrifices, if I look back, I would have, you know, did, did different, but I don't regret it. Because I really loved it. And, you know, the karma will come back at me some way, mm-hmm. some form, some fashion. Absolutely. So I appreciate that. Uh, you know, so maybe if I went out, went out, and we lost the game, I would like, damn, I could have helped out. Yeah. So I'm not mad at my situation. That's big, Clint. I mean, it just, again, just shows what Be More Today is all about. It's you giving back. It's you being better for yourself and for others. And I asked everybody on the show what the phrase Be More Today means to them. So you are the 102nd person I'm asking on this show. When you hear the phrase Be More Today, what does that phrase mean to you? Uh, Be More Today means to me, uh, if you ran, if you took 10 steps today, I mean, yesterday, take 11 today. You know, even if it's a step, it's still better than yesterday. So, you know, don't, you know, just be better every day, whether, whatever you do, whatever it is. I love it. I love it. Listen, man, what's next on the docket for you? What's the, um, the future well, for, for you or your or basketball program or just anything in general? <laughs> The future is uh, find some good help, you know, kids or young guys that's interested in uh, basketball coaching or helping out training. I would, uh, if, if y'all out there, y'all want, um, y'all want to be a part of a good program. Uh, it's hard to go on basketball. At, uh, you know, IG is hard to go on basketball. Look me up, hit me up. Um, I didn't start off making, well, I'm still not making money, ton of money now, but I didn't start off making a dollar. So if you, you know, if you're willing to come and grind it out and see what we can make out of it, I appreciate all the help. And as well, you be in the gym, you know, you can shoot around and work on your game. You know, I tell kids all the time that I had, you know, the extra time you got, you could work on your game and then help me after or, or work on the game after or before. So I'm looking for help so I can start, bigger programs and AU teams and uh, have a bigger uh, group of kids instead of me just doing by myself right now. Mm. I love it. It sounds exciting. And uh, we're going to support you in any way that we can be more today in our listeners and our platform. So you keep those things coming towards us and we'll keep going for you. Appreciate it. Hard to go on basketball on IG. Um, that, you know, look me up there. I got a bunch of pictures and videos of kids I trained. When they was young and get older, and I got an in-house at Aviators, at Aviators Sports at Floyd Bennett Field. Um, you know, you can hit me up. Uh, you, you know, if you have a kid in between the ages of five to sixteen, um, I'm I'm here to help. Even if it's older, you know, I'm here to help out if you need the help. Awesome, Clint. Thank you, sir, for being on this show. I really appreciate it, and uh, looking forward to maybe one day playing with you again. We'll find some parts to rock it out. Anytime. I'm here. I'm here. I know the shot is still there, so I'm ready for it. All right. (laughs) (laughs) And folks, listen, he talked about so many great things today, talking about being stronger. Again, I quote, be stronger than your excuse today. You can't learn if you're not willing to learn. He is teaching every single day um, these young people and giving back to his community and showing them how they can use basketball Yes, for sports and yes, to get stronger and better at their craft, but also to be able to combat all the things that we're going to see in life, being resilient, being uh, present, being uh, able to change ourselves and challenge ourselves to push ourselves to the limit. So we appreciate Clint Hartware and all he's doing. Please follow him, subscribe to his pages. 
let's let him know that we are here to support uh, the next generation of young people coming up in Brooklyn and around the world because basketball and all sports are the equalizer that make us all together. Uh, we are one body. We're the human race. Let's keep pushing each other to be great in all ways. So, Clint, thank you again for being on the show. We appreciate you, Brody. Appreciate and, you, too. Uh, yes, sir. And for all information about uh, Clint Hardware or Be More Today show, you can email me directly at drshawn at bemoretoday.com uh, or any of our social media platforms. Again, my book's on Amazon and our more merch store is open to so check out our stuff and our podcast always on YouTube and on Apple and Google and Stitcher and all other major podcast platforms. As I always say, have a good day, have a good night, have a great life and continue to take your steps to greatness to be the best version of you. We'll see you next week. journey starts with a thought, a vision, fueled by a why. But what's your why? Why do you want to be more today than you were yesterday? You already know that you have to trust the process and just be persistent. You already know that next level results require next level effort, period. But why is today different than any other day? What's your why? How are you going to get to the next level? Most of you want to make it to the promised land of success, but aren't willing to make the sacrifices. Let me be clear. Nobody said it was going to be easy. No handouts. No excuses. It's just you versus you. It's go time. Find your wife for the 5 a.m. wake-up call. Find your wife for the extra mile you have to do after the workout. Find your wife to face that fear. Take that test. Make that move. Come on, y'all. Your whole life has been a warm-up for this moment right here, today. Are you finally ready to play? You gotta decide to stay always on the move. Less talk, more action, just be better, just be more. Be more today. You